You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast on another terrific Victory Monday here in Indianapolis. My name is Joe Hopkins. With me is Mike Chapel. Mike, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Oh, can't complain. You know, Colts are now four and two. Uh, these Monday shows are always way more fun when we get a Colts win. So I have uh, nothing to gripe about over here. Today, we're going to discuss the Colts' dramatic win over the Bengals. We'll recap the game. Um, we'll talk about a few takeaways from the game. And then we'll name our offensive and defensive players from the game. First, we'll start with a little bit of news, though. Not a whole lot on the news front today, but the Titans three-time Pro Bowl left tackle Taylor Lewan has been placed on injured reserved with a torn ACL. Um, Tennessee's in the divisional lead in the AFC South right now. They're 5-0 and after an overtime win against the Houston Texans. But Mike, this is a significant loss. It, it, it is. When you, know, when you lose one of your offensive line mainstays, it's, there's always somebody that are replacing, but it's not the same. Just, you know, kind of imagine Anthony Costanzo or Braden Smith being out for an extended time. So uh, you hate to see it for the guy and for the team. You, you want to see teams at their best, but until we've seen the first uh, month and a half of the season, injuries are just piling up and you just kind of hope you sidestep the major injuries. Yeah, absolutely. That's I know they lost um, Jack Conklin in the offseason. The right tackle went to Cleveland. They drafted a rookie in the first round to replace him, and he's kind of been dealing with injuries as well and now the left side is impacted so we'll see how that Titans offense sticks together without um you know their two offensive tackles from a year ago but here we go into the game now Colts uh, get the ball to start the game and on the first play Philip Rivers dumps off a pass to Jonathan Taylor for 22 yards he just ran I believe the defensive back over and, and you know first play you're thinking okay here it is the Jonathan Taylor breakout game we've all been waiting for they get him involved early he looks great on the very next play the Colts set up a screen pass for Jack Doyle who catches it turns and then just straight up drops the ball um, the Bengals recover at Indianapolis 43 yard line they would go 43 yards on seven plays capped off by a Bernard touchdown seven to nothing Cincinnati Mike, it has not been Jack Doyle's best year, and I feel like that play, I mean, he had some room to run. He probably would have gained at least seven yards or so, and he just dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, he, after the game, he told us he was sort of shifting hands on how to carry the ball. And I tell you, I, you go back and look at that, and he, I'm not sure. I could argue that almost he didn't have it because he, he didn't really secure it, but whatever they call in the field, it's, it's hard to overturn, but People think he's got this fumble problem. I saw someone tweet that he's had that was his fifth fumble in his career. They just seem to come against Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one. Yeah. You're right. So, so, but it's it's very unlike Jack because he's. We talked to Frank Reich today, and he said he's Mr. Reliable. He does what he's supposed to do when he's supposed to do it. He hasn't been involved. You're trying to get him involved too, and that happens. You're thinking. How much worse can this get? And, you know, it got much worse. It got worse. You know, the Colts starting off seven to nothing very quickly. The Colts then go three and out on their next drive with three straight Jonathan Taylor runs. Uh, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow leads Cincinnati on a 12 play, 78 yard drive. Um, Burrow scored a touchdown on a quarterback sneak on fourth and one from the two yard line. And just like that, 14 to nothing, Cincinnati. Indianapolis's very next drive, the team again goes three and out. 
uh, an incomplete pass to T.Y. Hilton on third down. It looked like the defensive back got there a little early, but there was no call from the refs. Uh, so here it goes. Back to the Bengals. They go 70 yards on four plays, set up by a 67-yard pass um, from rookie to work, rookie Joe Burrow to T. Higgins, who smoked Rocky Sin. He just kind of stopped running with Higgins. I don't know if he was sitting on a route. I think the Colts were blitzing on that play, so maybe he expected the ball to come out sooner. Um, Higgins picked up that 67 yards, and Joe Mixon would punch in the touchdown, and it's 21 nothing. Mangles and Mike I saw the Colts defense they kind of rallied together there on the sideline I didn't see who quite pulled the team together but ever since that rally the Colts defense you know after giving up 21 straight early were able to kind of turn things around I don't, I don't know if Darius Leno called it he was sort of in the middle of it he's sort of the juice they need and we talked to DeForest Buckner after the game he said we need to bring we needed to bring more juice early this is two weeks in a row remember at Cleveland they scored their first four possessions. I think it was two touchdowns and two field goals. And Sunday it was three touchdowns and a field goal. It was, you couldn't get off the field. And you talk about complimentary football. While the defense can't get off the field, the offense is going fumble three and out, three and out. So you're sitting there in the second quarter and you're thinking, are you kidding me? And it was kind of impressive the way both sides sort of woke up, I guess is the word, and kind of got its act together. Yeah, they had to down three touchdowns. Um, on that next first play, uh, Rivers a pass to T.Y. Hilton's roughly 20 yards down the field is called incomplete. Indianapolis challenged it. It looked like a catch to me, but this is probably another one that was so close. They just stayed with the call on the field. It was upheld, but then the very next play, Philip Rivers hits Jack Doyle for 17 yards. A couple plays later, he hits Street Burton for another 15. And then the big one, a 55-yarder to Marcus Johnson, setting the Colts up at the one-yard line. And Trey Burton will then run it in from the Wildcat formation. 21-7, to the Colts are back up on the board. And that was kind of the wake-up that you were talking about, you know, that they called it incomplete and it's second to 10 and you go, oh boy. And then boom, he hits the pass to Doyle and then another pass to Burton a couple plays later. And that really got the offense going. Um, the Mangles will get the ball back and they're driving into Colts territory when defensive tackle Taekwon Lewis stepped up. First and 10 from Indy's 30 and Lewis stopped Giovanni Bernard for no gain. Second and 10, Lewis and Taylor Stallworth combined to sack Burrow. And then the Colts will get a stop on third and 15, forcing the Bengals to finally kick a field goal. It's now 24-7, to but at least they didn't give up a touchdown on that drive. Rivers kept the offense going. Led the Colts on a nine-play, 75-yard drive, capped off by, again, Trey Burton, toe-tap touchdown off the left side, kind of had to dive and reach for it. Um, Rivers completed passes of 21, 13, 21, and then the 10-yard pass to Trey Burton on that drive. Um, prior to Burton's touchdown, T.Y. Hilton actually had a five-yard touchdown catch that was called back because of penalty. I believe it was ineligible receiver down the field on that one. Another tough break for T.Y., but the offense scored another touchdown. It's 24-14, to 14, and Colts are back in the game. It's a 10-point game, and the Colts' defense then forces a three and out of their own. With a little under three minutes left, Phillip Rivers leads a nine-play, 72-yard touchdown drive, capped off by a 17-yard 
touchdown pass to Zach Pascal. Rivers just kind of lofted it up there, and Pascal made a terrific leaping, kind of spinning in the air catch with 15 seconds left in the half. Uh, that much time, the Bengals just took a kneel down, and it's 24 to 21 at the halftime. And Mike, the Colts went into half with all the momentum at this point. It's crazy. Uh, the, the, on those three drives in the second quarter, Rivers throws for in the second quarter 235 yards in the quarter. It's the second most in the league this year. I think Dak Prescott had 254. But what's crazy is it's the third most yards in a quarter, in any quarter, by a Colts quarterback in their history. Peyton Manning and Dan Orlovsky, of all people, threw for more yards in a quarter. So you'd say, which one of these names doesn't belong? But having talked to Frank Reich today, he told the team after the game that this was the kind of game they needed to win. They needed to prove that it could come from behind. They could do it in a shootout, more or less. And as we've talked like last week, this is a game Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers needed for Philip Rivers coming off the bad game in Cleveland. He, he, he couldn't rely on his run game because they're so far behind. This was on him. And, and he came back and he made the throws. And you talked about early with T.Y., it's almost like the football God said, not this year. I mean, there were three or four plays where he makes the play. Again, the one, the toe tap on the sidelines. If they call that a completion, I don't think they can overturn it. Uh, and, and then he gets the touchdown and Costanzo's down the field. He has another catch and uh pass was called for interference. It, it, it's just like whatever he did was wrong and it wasn't going to work out. Frank praised him uh, today about how well he played, but, this is a numbers game, and I'm sure at some level, it, it, you know, T.Y. is a team guy, but at some level, he's got to be really frustrated that things aren't happening yet. Yeah, I'm sure that's something they'll be game planning for. Not like they haven't been game planning for T.Y., but I'm sure coming off the bye, they're really going to try and get him get him going against Detroit. But we're still on this game now. Cincinnati gets the ball to start the second half. The Colts force another three and out of their own. Um Colts have the ball, end up having to punt it, and they pin Cincinnati down at their own one-yard line. Very nice play by the special teams. After a three-yard run and incomplete pass, it's third and eight from the three, and you're thinking, oh, boy, can the Colts get another safety on the year? Where is DeForest Buckner? The Burrow then hits A.J. Green for 17 yards, and Cincinnati would eventually get a field goal out of that drive, 27-21 to 21 Bengals at this point. But the Colts answered. They marched down the field 75 yards on seven plays. Jonathan Taylor had a couple nice runs of 21 and 17 yards. And then Jack Doyle redeemed himself with a beautiful touchdown catch, diving over the shoulder, 14 yards. Uh, it's 28 to 27 Colts at this point. And Mike, if there was any play that would get overturned, I was thinking that that touchdown might have gotten overturned because he kind of dropped the ball when he rolled over. And what did you think of that? You know, I, I thought at the time there was a, a pure catch. I, I watched the game again today. I'm telling you, I don't think he ever secured the ball. No. Because it, it's sort of – once he goes on his back, it sort of moves. And I've seen other things overturned that, 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 were, that, that weren't so obvious. And, and uh, But that, you know, and what's funny is, is Rivers talked about all three of those touchdown catches were great catches. I mean, he, he and he even sort of apologized for making Trey Burton lay out. <laughs> on the one because he said he was so wide open but the one on pasco was just a great reaction 
and then Jack, that's the Jack that people know. But I agree with you. I, I watching that again today, I'm surprised there wasn't more possibility of that get, or that play being overturned because I'm not still to this minute. I'm not sure he had the ball. Yeah, but uh, you know, it goes down in history as a catch. There's no overturning it now. Uh, Indianapolis defense back on the field. They forced their third three and three and out of the ball game on a DeForest Buckner sack on third down. Uh, a sh very short punt. It kind of had a weird backwards bounce. Um, set the Colts up at Cincinnati's 43. The Colts have a chance. You know, they're rolling. They have a chance to extend the lead. But before they can get anything going, Phillip Rivers forces a pass into double coverage, trying to find Marcus Johnson. It's intercepted by safety Jesse Bates, who's quietly one of the better safeties in the NFL. And now the Bengals are driving, trying to regain the lead. Um, they make it down to the Colts' 30-yard line. It's third and one. Bengals run up the middle, and it's stuffed by Tyquan Lewis and Kari Willis combining to make the tackle. They force a field goal. Cincinnati kicker Ryan Bullock's attempt from 48 yards out doinks off the right upright, and the Colts still have the lead 28-7. to A little bit of good fortune there for Indianapolis on that field goal. Um, the Colts start at their own 38-yard line with eight minutes left, trying to extend their lead at this point in the ballgame. Rivers would convert a huge third and eight to T.Y. Hilton for 11 yards. His only catch of the game, but it was a big one. A couple plays later, it's third and nine. Rivers finds Trey Burton for 20 more yards. Colts will ultimately settle for a 40-yard Rodrigo Blankenship field goal, making this a four-point game. 31 to 27. They didn't have to rely on Rodrigo too much in this game, but he delivered when it counted. Well, that's again, you, you want to sort of dismiss that field goal. It made the Bengals have to score a touchdown. So, and, and that's huge. I mean, because Bullock showed he had, he's got the leg, he had the 55 yarder early in the game. So the fact you make him go for the touchdown totally changes how you play at the end of the game. And as it turned out, you know, Let's say they only need the field goal. Then, then maybe they're throwing underneath a little bit more on that last play that you get to. So, but let's not dismiss uh, Rod on that because it was a monster field goal. Oh, yeah. And, and right down the middle, too. He, he's been great for the Colts this year. The Bengals do get the ball with four minutes left as Joe Burrow attempts to lead his team on a game-winning drive. Burrow connected with A.J. Green on this drive for 10 yards on a fourth and nine from Indy's 49-yard line. That was a big one. Um, Cincinnati gaining a little more yards now. 39 seconds left. They're at Indy's 35, and Burrow's pass for Tyler Boyd is intercepted by rookie Julian Blackman, who just made a great jump on the route. It was a little behind Boyd, but great play by Blackman. That would effectively end the game 31-27 uh, to 27 Colts. Again, Julian Blackman making big plays, the kind of plays that change a ball game. I mean, I can't say enough good things about what this rookie has done so far. To put it in perspective, just keep in mind, he had ACL surgery in December. I mean, he's been practicing full-time for like two weeks now. And, and this is what you want that free safety to do, make plays. Now, he come, he's come up in the, in the box sometimes and make big tackles. But the plays he's making down the field, that's what you want not to disparage Malik Cooker, but, but th this is what you anticipated from Malik Cooker. It, it really is. And he, he's, he gave it to him on occasion, but in, in a short span, they're really getting major returns on a guy that I remember that Chris Ballard told us he thought it might be mid-October before this kid would start making plays. And he's been making plays for the last three or four weeks.
Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing about this is who the Colts hoped they were drafting when they took Malik Hooker. Um, not to throw shade at Hooker, he's been a fine player. But, I mean, this kid Blackman is something else. Uh, takeaways from the game, the Colts won just a third time in franchise history after trailing 21 to nothing. Um, Tampa Bay in 03, Buffalo in 75. This was also Phillip Rivers' third time in his career that he won after trailing 21 to nothing uh, again against Cincinnati in 06 and then against the 49ers in 2014. Mike, during the Thursday show, we talked about the Colts need to execute on third down and in the red zone. Those were our main keys of the game going into Sunday. The Colts were 27th and third down efficiency at 34, almost 35%, 29th at generating touchdowns in the red zone. Um, they were one for four each of the past two games. But on this Sunday, the Colts were great in both those aspects. They were seven for 11 on third downs. Many much were longer third downs, third and eight, third and seven, third and nine. Uh, the Colts were also a perfect four for four, four touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, I, you know, you know, Rivers had the quote leading into the week. Well, if we had the answers, we would have done it already. They must have found the answers because they did it on Sunday. Well, it, 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 it's you hate to overcomplicate or oversimplify the game, but there are situations that you simply have to execute, be better at. And had they been better than what they were the last few games, or even against Jacksonville, let's go back to let's go back to the first red zone, or the, I guess second one in Jacksonville, fourth and one at the what was it the three or four yard line that they don't execute it, and it leads to a loss that they still wonder how they lost, but finally converting on third down and it's I, it's I still again oversimplifying it's does the quarterback make the plays when he has to make them he's the one for the most part converting the third down plays he's the one that's finishing drives in the red zone so uh, again for a day all the philip rivers detractors can kind of sit down and be quiet yeah because yeah, th this is gonna i tell you this is gonna be week to week with him it just is I think this is the Phillip Rivers package. Uh, he would love to have a couple of throws back against Cleveland. If he plays even remotely like this against Cleveland, they probably win. If he plays like this against Jacksonville, they probably win. So if they can get something nearing near this every game, remote, not, not 350, 60, whatever it was, but just competent play, make the plays, this team has a chance, still has a chance to do what we thought they haven't had a chance to do back in August. And I've seen, you know, many people say, oh, it was the Bengals. It was the Bengals. Listen, the team was down 21 to zero with their backs against the wall. Uh, you know, the running game, yeah, it was early, but that was kind of took a sidestep to the passing game after you're down by that much. And the Bengals, are they good? No, but they're not god awful. You know, they're not like the Jets or anything like that. The Bengals have a solid defense, and it looked pretty good early in the game. So I think you still got to give Rivers credit here. Um, FedEx has given him credit. He's been nominated for the FedEx Air Player of the Week. 371 yards, three touchdowns, one interception on 29 of 44 passing. He completed seven passes of 20 or more yards, most of any quarterback in week six thus far. We do have a couple more games tonight. Uh, Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen might have something to say about that. But regardless, um, and his top receiver was Marcus Johnson, who caught five of eight targets for 108 yards. Mike, you kind of talked about 
executing, executing those plays. It was a little more than just execution. It was guys making terrific plays. I mean, Doyle's touchdown catch was a highlight. Burton's touchdown catch was a highlight. So was Pascal's. Um, and then Burton's little wildcat run was set up by a 55-yard pass from Marcus Johnson. It, it's the big plays that we were talking about. Where are they? They finally came in this game. Yeah, it's funny. I, again, watching the taping in today, the wildcat, it's always interesting. What was it at the one-yard line? I think it was. Yeah. And I always wondered, what does the quarterback do when he shifts out of the wildcat? And I watched Phillip Rivers. You just stand there. He didn't move. He didn't even move his he, shoulders. No, he didn't move at all. <laughs> and we asked, uh, Frank was asked about, well, did Burton have the option to throw it? He said, no, he had the option to hand off. And all week, Burton said, and I won't be handing it off. So, <laughs> but, but again, it's just executing. It's, that, that's twice in is it two or three weeks where they've been kind of cute down there. Uh, where they got Jonathan Taylor an, an easy touchdown uh, previously. So it's it, it's funny. Whenever you do it and it works, you're a genius. Whenever you do it and it doesn't work, we'll do something else, and, you, and all of a sudden you get stupid. So when you execute and do things, you're some, not, not complicated things, but it, it's things look better. And the thing with the receivers making tough catches, I remember back in the day, Ted Marchabrota, when he was co uh, the coach here, former uh, Buffalo Bills coordinator, people were saying, well, you know, the ball isn't always right on target and what's wrong with the quarterback. He said, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on back there in the pocket and seldom does the quarterback stand back there and just play pitch and catch. So many times receivers have to make tough catches. They just do. And uh, when they do, the quarterback looks good and you sort of get that rhythm. Again, the first the first half was lost fumble, three and out, three and out. How do you get any continuity? Now, part of that's on the offense for not executing. But you, like Rivers said, we just need to get a first down. He said, we weren't even working up a sweat. They had the one first down in that first play, and that was it until the second quarter. So whenever the offense, it's encouraging that they showed that if they have to, when they really have to, they, they can get the offense going and score points because there's going to be games later on Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Houston, Tennessee, I don't know, where you're going to have to score mid-20s or more. And it's, it's got to be a little reassuring to know that if you have to, you've got that capability. Yeah, and the Colts, uh, another takeaway from the game is the tight ends were finally heavily involved. We're kind of wondering after the last game, you know, wh where are they at? Your receivers are hurt. Use your tight ends. You got three good ones. Now, Mo Cox was out in this one, but – Trey Burton and Jack Doyle combined for eight catches for 87 yards and three total touchdowns, uh, two through the air, and then one, of course, on the ground. Uh, I guess one of the questions is, where's T.Y.? I mean, somebody put his this man's face on a milk carton because he caught one of five targets, 11 yards, but he played 94% of the snaps. You know, he's out there almost every play. You kind of mentioned, you know, he had a couple plays called back. He had the call that may or may not have been a catch but is he gonna wake up at some point this year when the Colts I mean maybe when they play the Titans or the Houston he'll come in in a clown mask he needs to dig that out of the closet get get something going here yeah and again they're either talking a really good game about saying that they're not concerned because Frank went on and on today and he went through all of the five or six plays where if if they go in T.Y.'s favor, we're not having this discussion. Then he's got six catches for, I don't know, 80 yards or whatever. 
but, but that's, you don't want to week after week be, be giving not excuses, but reasons on why the numbers aren't there. The numbers need to be there. You know, other receivers have situations where things aren't working yet. They're still getting their X number of catches. So, uh, this offense, as much as it did, like I said, it's crazy. They threw for 370 or whatever it was, and T.Y.'s got one for 11. That's just crazy. And, and one of the thing on Marcus Johnson, he had five for 108, I think it was. How about the 57-yarder that, that Rivers actually overthrew him? So, so add, add another huge chunk if you think about it. But, but back on T.Y., they've got to get him going. They And I think they've made an, a, a, a pretty strong – commitment early some of the early passes in these games have gone to him and it's just not worked whether that's not being on the same page the chemistry you haven't had I don't know there was one play where Rivers threw one way and Hilton went the other that's going to happen but this has to get resolved somehow I say sooner rather than later sooner is almost gone uh, because this offense can't be what it needs to be when your four-time Pro Bowl guy is an afterthought. Yeah, you know, but love Marcus Johnson. He looked great, and I don't know why they keep bumping him up and down from the practice squad. I think he's earned a role on this offense at this point, but these kind of role-player contributions would mean so much more and be so much better if the star player is playing like a star player. If, you know, T.Y. has does his thing and then Marcus Johnson chips in, that's where the offense can really reach its ceiling. Um Moving on here on the running game, not a ton of runs in this game, but Taylor did run well when they handed it to him 60 yards on 12 carries. Um, the Colts had to abandon the run after being down 21, nothing early, but then even the second half, you know, it, it's a one score game and they just didn't run all that much. Um, Taylor did finish with over a hundred total yards on 16 touches. He had four catches for 50 plus yards as well. Um, and Mike, Taylor two halves on this defense for a second straight week. 21 points allowed in the first half, just six allowed in the second. Uh, the Bengals, 398 yards for, from scrimmage were the most this defense has given up all season. Uh, the Colts did not get a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow. When they did, it came from the interior. Two sacks and four, six quarterback hits for the Colts in this game. They all came from either Buckner, Lewis, or Taylor Stallworth. Um Justin Houston does not appear on the box score. He was a, he was a big goose egg in this game. Um, left tackle uh, Williams out of Alabama did a good job in this one. Uh, the Colts run defense did perform well, though. They held Cincinnati's running backs to just 2.6 yards per carry. Um, Tyler Boyd, the wide receiver, had a nice run that kind of skews the overall team yards per carry average. Mike, I saw you noted on Twitter that currently the Colts defense ranks third in yards per game, second in yards per play, third in rushing per game, third in uh, rushing per attempt, uh, first in passing yards allowed per game. Uh, they're 12th on third down percentage right now, and then in points given up their fifth. Uh, overall, the defense is still playing well, but haven't, kind of like you mentioned, haven't quite faced that giant challenge like a Baltimore. Um, Tennessee's really cooking right now. Haven't played any of these upper echelon offenses. Yeah, and, and again, we talked about earlier, what's most disturbing is giving up four consecutive scores to Cleveland and four consecutive scores to the Bengals. That, you, just, you just can't I – don't, I don't know that they did that in their god-awful years. 
as a defense. So I don't know what it is. Uh, yes, it'll be it'll be good to get Darius Leonard back, but one guy shouldn't make that big of a difference on what. And, and then they flip the switch. That's what's crazy. They had some great pass breakups from Xavier Rhodes. Uh, again, Blackman with, with with the game winner. So I, it's I'd love to hear sit in the defensive meetings and have Eberflus explain what's up. You know, what, what's going on first half, second half? Either they're making great halftime adjustments or he's, or he's just kind of hitting the, the – they're off the snooze, but I don't know what it is. But you can't go into games where you're anticipating the, the defense to just play awful in the first half. That, and that's, that really has, hasn't been their M.O., but the last two games, you just can't have that kind of first half and expect to routinely come, come back from it. Yeah, and especially for a team that at least claims they want to be a running team and run the ball first, it really takes you out of your game plan, and then you have to rely on Phillip Rivers. And, you know, we talked about how many times does he throw 40-plus passes, and you can account for at least one or two turnovers are going to be mixed in there as well. Uh, Mike, did you have any other takeaways from this game? No, I, again, I, it was it was encouraging, and I thought it was – I agree with Reich. It was really, really important – one, for Rivers to have that kind of a game to show that, yeah, I can still do it if I have to. But then for the team to show that if they have to, to roll out and, and get that 30-plus point game, they can do it. Because until until they had done it, you had question whether they could do it. That's right. Uh, pretty clean game as far as injuries go, at least on the Colts' side, uh, which is good news. Colts are now heading into a buy at 4-2. and two. They hope to get Darius Leonard back. Um, maybe Michael Pittman Jr. can get in there as well. Another week for, I know he played Sunday, but another week for Costanzo to rest up that rib, uh, really get closer to 100%. Let's go ahead and cap this off here. Mike, who is your offensive player of the game? Well, it's got to be Rivers. Uh, again, for the 370-some yards and coming back just for the third time in his career, 21-0, that's pretty massive. If I went, Best offensive player, non-quarterback division, it'll be Marcus Johnson. He's given him that big play, big play uh, receiver in lieu of uh, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's got to be Rivers. I mean, other than that one interception that he tried to force in there, he played a nearly perfect game. I mean, I remember in the Cleveland game, he just flat, flat out missed his receivers sometimes. He'd throw balls in the dirt. That was not the case on Sunday against Cincinnati. So you got to give rivers credit when he plays well uh defensive side of the ball i'll start on this one several candidates but i'm gonna go with taekwon lewis um he had two tackles for a loss he had the half sack um and all that five total tackles all that on just 21 snaps um he really played well in limited time and was a big reason the colts won this game uh who are you gonna go with mike i'm going with the i'm, I'm going with blackman I'm about splash plays. And again, Lewis gave him some splash plays. But if Blackman doesn't make that play at the end, it may not have mattered. So I, I like when a, when a guy comes up and makes a play that just either decides the game or has a big hand in it. And I tell you, one player that, that could have been there very easily was Bobby Okariki. Oh, yes. Had, had seven tackles and should have had two interceptions. I mean, the one over the middle – I realize he's got a club on his hand, not a club, but it, but it's wrapped up. But he he had one the, the previous week that was probably harder, and so he could have had two picks Sunday really easily. 
Yeah, and he, you know, he did uh, have the seven tackles, as he mentioned as well. I mean, several Colts put up really, really big numbers, at least tackle numbers. I guess that'll happen when um, Cincinnati's moving the ball as well as they are. Kari Willis led the team with 10 tackles. Kenny Moore had eight, including one for a loss. Uh, Anthony Walker had seven as well. Those linebackers have stepped up, done a good job with Darius Leonard out. And of course, DeForest Buckner has been well worth the money. Five tackles. Uh, Let's see. He had one sack and then two tackles for a loss as well. I believe he had four quarterback hits in this one. He was all over Burrow. Uh, Even when Burrow made a good pass out of it, Buckner's right there clamping down on him. So uh, he's been excellent thus far. Um, The Colts are now heading into a bye. They're four and two. Um, The week after they will play the Lions. Unless something crazy happens between now and Thursday, we're going to go into a bye week too on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. So we will not be recording Thursday barring something some crazy news or something big happening we will not be recording next monday as there's no game to recap uh we will be back next thursday to preview the colts game against the detroit lions my name is joe hopkins you can follow me on twitter at roto sweet joe you can follow mike on twitter at mchapel 51 and you can follow the colts blue zone podcast on twitter at colts blue zone um you know every day we're Tweeting out stats, we're retweeting um, from players. Uh, all your Colts needs, you can get it at Colts Blue Zone on Twitter. Help us out by leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes. Uh, and if you have any questions, um, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. We'll do our best to answer your question. And uh, if it's really interesting, we'll go ahead and pull it and talk about it on the podcast. So thank you for listening. Happy Victory Monday. And take it easy, Colts fans. 